0: So this today is, what is that in your hand? So I brought along my shepherd's crook. Keep everybody in line, especially those on the front row. Um, Just pray. Father, I just thank you for the opportunity to prepare and be close to you and experience your presence. And Father, I just pray your presence and your love upon every single person under the sound of my voice right now. Father, I thank you that you know us by name, that you love us in a really super personal way. And Father, I pray that your Holy Spirit of love would just ascend upon the house this morning and everybody will be impacted by that and be drawn closer to you. I pray that I will communicate in an accurate way the things that you've spoken to me, and uh, I thank you for that. I pray these things in the authority of Christ. Amen. Okay, my scripture this morning is um, found in Exodus chapter 4, and we are reading from verse 1. Through verses 5, Exodus chapter 4, verses 1 through 5. But Moses protested again, What if they won't believe me or listen to me? What if they say, The Lord never appeared to you? Then the Lord said to him, What is in your hand? What is that in your hand? A shepherd's staff, Moses replied. Throw it to the ground, the Lord told him. So Moses threw down the staff, and it turned into a snake. And Moses jumped back. Then the Lord told him, reach out and grab its tail. So Moses reached out and grabbed it, and it turned back into a shepherd's staff in his hand. Perform this as the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, really has appeared to you. Now I guess you all know the story pretty well, pretty famous story. Started out Moses as a baby in a basket in the River Nile, pulled out of the Nile by a princess, princess of um, of Egypt, and brought up by her. And then uh, he intervenes in an incident between an Egyptian and an, and an Israelite and kills the Israelite. And as a result of that, Egyptian, sorry, he killed the Egyptian. And he ran in fear for his life into the wilderness. And he trucks up to this well, and there's a whole lot of ladies there with their sheep and some really pesky shepherds chasing them off. And so he stood up for the ladies, and um, that's for any single guys. (laughs) And uh, he gets invited back to the house by a guy called Jethro and marries one of the daughters. And as the story develops... He is out in the wilderness with his flock of sheep and his shepherd's staff, and he's he's walking along with the sheep, and suddenly he comes across this bush that's on fire, but it's not burning up. And he says, Whoa, this is a freaky thing to see. I better check it out. So he walks over to this bush, and then lo and behold, a voice speaks out of this out of this bush that's on fire and says, Moses. Moses, and that's the first significant thing I want to point out this morning, that God knows your name. That is a powerful thing to think about, that the God that created this universe, created you, everything we see and feel knows your name today. Regardless of what you think about yourself or how you see yourself, He sees you. He sees your heart, and he knows your name in a really personable way. What do I see here? What is that in your hand? What do we see? The Lord repurposed something that was ordinary and everyday and used it for his purposes. He said to Moses, what is that in your hand? Now, I've I've been a shepherd, and even today, this morning, before I came along here, I shifted some cattle, and I took my stick with me. It wasn't aluminium, but I always carry a stick. Animals are big, cattle are big, protect yourself, but also my one's plastic, get through electric fences, things like that, without getting um, whacked by the fence. But he took something that was ordinary and everyday to Moses, a tool of his trade, as his job as a shepherd. The Lord told him to throw it down, and he threw it down, and it became a snake. Interesting, he took something that was dead and inanimate and brought it to life, made something life out of death. The other interesting thing that we see there is Moses threw down the staff, and it became a snake. He took something that was powerless and made it something that was dangerous. Moses jumped back from the snake. Glennis and I were just in Perth recently with um, two of our sons. We were walking along one of the sidewalks there near my son's house, and my son said, oh, a snake, and there was this Big tiger snake going across the path in front of us. So we all walked around, gave it a wide berth of the snake. Um, It was really cool. And he took something that was dead and made it alive. He took something that was useless and made it dangerous. The interesting thing to me is that when he said to Moses, grab that snake by the tail, He actually had the boldness and the courage to obey God and pick it up by the tail and it became what? A shepherd's staff again. It didn't become a hammer or a sword and God said to Moses, hey Moses, your shepherding days are over, you're a builder now. No, it became a shepherd's staff. It became a shepherd's staff. It became what Moses was used to using and in that I see that God was taking a man whose job was to shepherd sheep and was asking him to become the shepherd of a nation. So that calling was there. The Lord was calling him to become the shepherd of a nation. What is that in your hand? What does that mean to me? What have I got to give What have I got to sow? Uh, For a few years in my life, I was um, working as a contract fencer, and sometimes the work would just dry up. And so what I would do was I would just give my labour for free. I would ring somebody up and I would say, "Um, you you got anything to do, any fences to fix, something to fix? And I would go along and work for free and just give my time, and lo and behold, within a few days, I would get a phone call. Hey, Dave, we got some fencing for you. And that was, that was what I had in my hand. I had my labor, I had my time, and I gave that. That was something in my hand at the time. What is a passion that stirs me to be the best I can for the Lord? Each of us are different in this. What do I believe that the Lord has placed in me that is organically from him something that is just me something that i can flow with something that is already in me it is something that is close to me something seemingly ordinary other times to- sometimes other people can see that in you more than yourself i have a friend Um, a dear friend who's um, one of his ministries is to write postcards. And I got one from him the other day, just a a random postcard. And you know what that communicates to me is he's thinking about me. He's caring about me. Just a simple postcard, you know. And and that blew me away because I thought who would would think that, you know, you're calling what's in your hand. You could just love people by sending them a postcard. I just think that's, um, that was a really a beautiful thing to do. This staff, this gift placed in you cannot be removed. The Word of God says that the giftings and calling of God are without repentance. That means you can't say, hey, you know, that's not me anymore. I'm not doing that. They can lie dormant and be asleep within you. These gifts, these things that are in your hand can be stirred and brought back to life. So don't give up. Be encouraged. Do not belittle the gift of God, even if it's writing postcards or whatever. Do not belittle the gift of God placed in you, but ask for wisdom. Ask for guidance. Do not belittle or criticize the gift placed in other people. Church is an interesting thing. Life is an interesting thing. Just being in the community is interesting. We all have different gifts. Some people are loud. Some are quiet. The loud ones will say, why isn't everybody loud like me? The quiet ones will say, why are they so loud? (laughs) Some people are bold. Some people are meek. The bold will say to the meek, why are you so meek? Sharpen up. Get get going, you know, show a bit of energy. And the meek will say, why are they so out there all the time? We've got all these different things going on. Our gifts and what is in our hand, what we are called to do, operate best through humility. Humility. I don't know if you can remember being at school and the teacher would ask a question and there'd be one kid that would go, oh, choose me. Choose me, they'd jump up down they' jumping up and down like this, and the teacher would you know get fed up with that person all the time. they'd look for the quiet one, you know they'd try to pull it out. So it's about humility in the gifts. The word of God says that God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. That's one of the things you see with Moses in the story that we related from Exodus chapter four. He was reluctant to come in that, into that position of leadership. God had to, to goad him and bring so many situations across his path and say, oh, you know, I'll do this if you do this. And in the end, God got angry with him and got Aaron, his brother Aaron, to go and speak to Pharaoh in the end. Interesting thing. And uh, what is that in your hand? This is a personal word spoken to Moses. If he listens and obeys, many people are blessed, but the Lord speaks to the individual first. A personal word, personal word spoken to a man, one man. That person takes what God says and thinks about it, turns it over in their mind. They should ask for wisdom and understanding and guidance. Hearing God speak is no guarantee of instant results. If you carry on in exodus when moses went to pharaoh and said let my people go one of pharaoh's responses was you guys must be lazy i need to make it harder for you so you can get your own straw now instead of my workers supplying it and then the israelites were crying out to Moses, oh you made it worse for us you know so that it's not always a guarantee that things are going to get easy straight away Our gifts can be worked out over a lifetime. As you read through Exodus, and I encourage you to do that for homework, if you read through Exodus, you will see Moses growing in his gift. In the end, he starts talking to Moses instead of Aaron. In the end, you see Moses really stepping into this leadership role to the extent that one day, in the golden calf incident, God decides that he's going to wipe out the entire Israelite race and start again with Moses. He actually says that to him. He says that to Moses, I'm going to start, you know, if there was any ego in the man, this is his opportunity. Hey, you know, I'm going to repopulate the whole earth and everybody else is going to get incinerated. Whoa, you know, that. But no, what did Moses say? He said, Lord, unless you go with us, It's not going to happen. Don't do this. Hang in there with your people. That shows you that what his heart was was to still be a shepherd. He wasn't going to kill the sheep. His heart, even in the face of God, wanting to take them all out just out of sheer frustration and anger, Moses said, no, that's not going to happen. Be faithful to your people. And he actually says, Lord, it's your presence that sets us apart from all the people of the earth. And Moses just wanted the Lord's presence. That's how much he'd grown in this calling, in what was in his hand. He grew and grew in that. And the Lord wants to do the same with us. What is this in your hand? So, in practical terms, what does this mean? for us. Moses' journey with his great with the Lord God's great question started with him recognizing God's voice. You notice there that God that Moses never questions whether this is God, he questions the request. He says I can't do it, but he doesn't question is this God or not. So he recognized God's voice. How do we do that? So I just want to flick over to the New Testament And this is um, a scripture that uh, Tanera brought out in prayer time this morning. And it is Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 12. Famous verse. I guess everybody will know it. And it says this, Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12. For the word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between the joint and, marrow, It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. I looked this verse up in another translation, and where that one from the New Living Bible says, the word of God is alive, this one says, for the word that God speaks is alive and active. It cuts more keenly than any two-edged sword. It strikes to the place where soul and spirit meet, To the inner intimacies of a person's being. It exposes the very thoughts and motives of a person's heart. I like that what it says there. The word, the word that God speaks. That word to Moses, what is that in your hand? was a personal, specific word spoken to him. The word of God versus the word that God speaks. This is more direct, more personal, more personally confronting to accept that God is actually speaking to you personally. Psalms 119 verse 130 says this, the unfolding of your words gives light. It impacts. It, it sorry. It imparts understanding to the simple or the humble. This is a... Um, Interesting thing, you know, we can truck through life thinking that we're in the right place, doing the right things, and then suddenly you can get clobbered um, out of the blue. Um, Three months ago, I had a heart attack, Um, healthy, fit, and I had a heart attack. Um, It it freaked me out. Um, The initial thing was absolute shock for me. And then thankfulness to be alive and have a cool helicopter ride. Um, Wayne said to me, next helicopter ride, make it a charter. (laughs) Which is good advice. It was humbling um, to have all those expert people um, that have given lives to medicine and all that, um, keeping me alive. For me personally, and even as I stand before you now in the past weeks, it's put a question mark over my giftings and my motivations. Um, it really made me look at myself and my own male pride and my physicality and me being proud of being fit and going bush and kayaking and all that sort of stuff. It really um, put the finger on that. And it also made me question my personal worth and useful, useful usefulness. I would think in my mind, Ramsey, you're past your used by date. And just thoughts like that would go through my head. One of the things that has always pulled me through in my faith is the word that God speaks. The word that God speaks to me through the scriptures. I have been um, concentrating more on memorizing scripture, but in a personal way. And hearing God speak to me on a daily basis through through the Scriptures, and one of the ones that has been really impacting me lately is um, Philippians chapter four. Am I going to read this to you? And I'm going to sh- I'm going to explain to you the practical application for myself. This is um, Philippians chapter four, verse eight, and it says, "Now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing." Fix your thoughts on what is true and what is honourable and what is right and pure, lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. So for me, I would hear the Lord bring that scripture up to me. Whenever I would have that thought go through my mind, your past, You're used by L- date, Ramsey, you know, that's it for you. That scripture would, the Holy Spirit would bring that scripture to me in the sense of specific voice and he would say to me, is that true? And I would say, no, that's not what I am in Christ. I can do everything that God asks me to through the power of Christ who lives within me. And so that that is what was true for me in Christ. So I, the, the Holy Spirit would do that specifically. That's literally what would happen. He would bring that verse up to me. Fix your thoughts on what is true. Is it true that I'm past my used by date? No, that is not true. So I would enforce that. And then um, if somebody really annoyed me, if somebody really annoyed me, I would start thinking down on them and I'd rehearse the things they'd said. And the Holy Spirit would bring up the next verse is that honoring? Fix your thoughts on what is true, what is honorable. Are you honoring that person with what you're thinking? And I'd have to say, no. How do you honor them? Lord, I lift up that person to you right now. Um, and think about it like that and change the way I thought. So that's not just using the Word of God to have authority over people. That is having God speak to me personally. And it was literally like that. I would have that thought, your past you use by date, it's over, Ramsey, you're an old fart now, you can't do this, you can't do that. And then the Holy Spirit would just hit me right between the. Is that true? Is that true in Christ? No. No. Have to pull myself back into that what is that in your hand what is that in your hand this is a personal word to each of us without a shadow of a doubt fix your thoughts on what is true on what is honourable on what is right on what is pure each of us need to get into the word and ask God to reveal specific scriptures to you. Commit them to memory. Think about them, not in a religious way. The word that God speaks is alive and active and let it go into your deep being. Let it identify your hidden motives that nobody else sees. God knows your name, He knows your heart, He knows better than you do where you're at. So often I've seen memory verses and scripture used against people in a religious way, but I believe that is wrong. I believe that the Holy Spirit uses the word. To change us and influence us. Religion's about putting heavy things on other people. Pure faith is about us being transformed personally. Personally. What is that in your hand? The word of God is in our hand. We need to treat it with the respect and honor that is due to it. Father, I just thank you for your love. I thank you that you care about us just beyond our wildest thoughts or imagination. Father, I just pray upon the house now. If there's anybody here that doesn't know you, I just ask them to identify themselves just with every eye shut and every head bowed. Just if you want to draw closer to Christ, just put your hand up. The other thing I'll say, the other thing I'll say is if you want in prayer for to identify what's in your hand, what you're calling, it's a lifelong thing in some cases, but there's things you can do now to draw closer to God, to identify what's in your hand, next step. So if you want prayer, come forward after that. Um, Father, I just pray your grace upon everybody in the house under the sound of my voice this morning. I pray your order over their minds. I rebuke every demon spirit that would try to cause confusion and doubt and unbelief in them. And I pray in the authority of Christ, clarity. Clarity to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. To hear those specific words. To hear your love. To hear what is true and honorable and right and pure. To hear those voices of the voice of your Holy Spirit above all those other voices. Rebuke every spirit of condemnation and fear. And just pray faith, the faith of Christ upon the house this morning. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Awesome.